You're listening to Your Music, Your Business, a podcast helping you to explore the business behind your music. Welcome back to the podcast. It is great to be back doing another one-on-one with you. I know this year I've been a little bit quiet with these one-on-ones and it seems like the only time I've been doing them is after a conference. (laughs) So maybe we're just going to keep the trend going. Maybe I should just keep going to music conferences. If only. If only they didn't cost thousands of dollars and I could just do that like month in and month out. That would be fantastic. If anybody knows how I can do that, you let me know. (laughs) But today I am here to give you a 101 on South by Southwest Sydney and all that the first year was. Now, to kick off, I really want to jump right in and sort of explain to you what South by Southwest Sydney is. South by Southwest is a huge music, gaming, tech, screen conference. It was originally in Austin, Texas in the US and has been around for 20 years, is incredibly established and thousands upon thousands of people go every single year to South by Southwest. Now, this year they decided to bring it to Sydney and basically do a mini version of South by Southwest, but they called it South by Southwest Sydney. Predominantly what was said around the time or this time was that they wanted to have more of an Australian or Australasian focus um, for the festival. And we definitely saw this across the festival, which was really exciting to see. Predominantly in the artist space, as we got exposed to so many different genres, styles of music, um, and it was a really exciting, eye-opening, challenging, some might say, time. And today I'm going to unpack some of the highs and lows of everything that was South by Southwest Sydney. Now, let's start off with the highs. There was some very interesting brand activations, lots of shows, lots of panels and conferences, so many things predominantly around tech, which is something I was really interested in. And there was a lot of music panels and conferences talking about mainly the the future of music and the future innovation of music. We also saw a lot of brand activations like Porsche having a tattoo house at one point, which unfortunately, even though I put my my name on the list for my very first tattoo there, that did not happen. That would have been an amazing story to have for the podcast, but alas, wasn't meant to be. But there was also some amazing um, brand like activations or ins- installations as well. So there was the Porsche one, there was a seven house one, which I personally voted very highly for amazing free finger food and alcohol. The Amazon Prime activation was really, really fantastic. Shopify had a great one. You sort of had to know that it was there, but when you were there um, for the two days that they were open, you were able to go in and um, get free items like booty underwear or customized tags, uh, luggage tags from July, which honestly, when I looked at the price afterwards, I wish I got that because it was like $80 worth of a luggage tag. There were some really great activations where that was concerned. I think the one that took the cake for me was Spotify House. They actually converted, I think it was the Lansdowne, which is two levels, into this Spotify House and it turned something that apparently is usually quite a bit of a dingy um, or very old and vintage style of uh, 
um, venue and they turned it into something that really suited the Spotify brand. Now, it was a little bit divisive. I think a lot of people in the music industry were going, hmm, it'd be really great if they could spend this money on artists instead of spending it on this. But in the same breath, they were they did it amazingly. They had a great panel section, which unfortunately I did not get to see any panels for, but it provided a great space of an evening for networking and building further contacts and meeting people at. And then upstairs, they had a great showcase stage, which also what I loved was, uh, again, we're seeing a theme here, really great thing of food. And that pretty much went all night just to like show you the the slight class of cheesiness that it was, they had margaritas, but of course they weren't called margaritas, they were called rock and reaches. So there's a little chuckle there, a little nod to the music industry, um, but they really, yeah, went all out there. They even had a, you know, a, a photo booth there where you could become the cover of the radar playlist and things like that. Another one was the UMG house, so the Universal Music Group house was actually in a church and it, that sounds weird, I know, but this church was like a really modern type of church and it was like incredibly white, white walls, white um, and clean. And when you, I didn't necessarily see a live performance there, but I did see some panels and it was a really beautiful space to have panels in. Hat off to them, they did fantastic. And then other than that, there was some really amazing networking that happened. I got to meet with quite a few people and for me, I am a believer in um, manifesting and in right place at the right time. And there just seemed to be a lot of right places at the right time, <laughs> which was very, very nice and a, a bit refreshing as well. All these highs were leveled out by a lot of the lows. So at the start, South by really seemed to struggle with um, ensuring that everyone knew where they were going. There was a lot of lines. Um, they didn't seem to be very across how big some of these tech panels were going to be. All of the exporting into the US panels um, for tech or growth into Asia type tech panels were in very small rooms and there were hundreds of people that wanted to go because I don't think they realized, but predominantly in the music industry, there's not that much money. So not many people from the music industry came this year. But in tech, there's a lot of money. They didn't really utilize that very well because everyone made sure that they came. Everyone knows the sort of value that these sort of places have. And so everyone came, everyone wanted to go to these exporting or, you know, scaling into certain countries and people couldn't get in. And some of the lines were as insane as like 200 people long for a 50 capacity um venue or like room this line was at that stage 200 maybe 100 people long 15 minutes before the actual panel which is wild and to be honest it sort of blew me away from the perspective of having a tech badge versus a platinum badge I'll get into the platinum badges in a second. I think that was a bit of a hazy one there um, but it really did seem like their team sort of like quite naturally struggled to sort of get off the the mark where that's concerned the whole thing was um quite stressful and overwhelming you there was everyone said that there was way too many panels which is sort of a conference that does happen um but there was so many panels if you wanted to get to the ones you actually wanted to see you were having to only see 
15 minutes, 30 minutes of an hour long panel and then dash to the next one, particularly if you were trying to make sure that you were keeping uh, lines in mind. But most of the time people were having to sort of catch the start or an end of a panel and really being disappointed because they couldn't get to everything and couldn't get to the really valuable things. They really put some big keynotes and some big um, events that were hyped up by others in the industries, in different industries, I should, I should say at the same time as some pretty influential panels that a lot of people wanted to go to. And that was the overall feedback that I got from people, just that they were just really overwhelmed. The conference is a seven-day conference. It was from Sunday to technically Sunday as well. I went from Sunday to Saturday and was there basically from sometimes as early as 8 a.m., 8.30 for meetings, all the way till... 11 30 at night um i know there's some after parties as well but i just didn't go to them um and doing that seven days in a row is intense <laughs> i was very tired by the end of it i was also staying in a um, friend's home because i couldn't afford to um, go up there and pay for accommodation and so i was getting up really early because of their children and it was just a lot. It's very much a high pressure situation. And I found myself not really being able to actually focus on anything other than South by. And if anything external came from my own life, which was naturally going to happen, I was away for an entire week. Um, I was really struggling. And I think a lot of people sort of felt that too. Even people that I would have felt like would have had resilience for that sort of week, because maybe they lived there. Um, maybe they weren't really taking it, um, as intensely as maybe I was because I know the investment that I put into it for myself, they still found that there was a few lows in the experience and that um, there was a lot of egos wrapped up into the whole situation. And I think that brings me to my next point. I found the situation, like the whole networking phase very interesting. There was some really great networking and a lot of networking in lines, which if you're an extrovert, you love it. If you're, if you're, if you're an introvert, you would have hated the experience. Um, but I really liked being able to meet people with, in lines. But with that said, um, there was definitely some times where I was engaging with people that just was not people I wanted to be resonating with at all. Somebody actually just genuinely like flat out just said that they don't like founders and that they think that there's people out there trying to found businesses just for the money of it. And I was like, have you ever tried to start a company? It is bloody hard. Nobody is really doing it for the money, okay? Um, obviously, there is a small percentage to the role, but that man just like blew me away, particularly because his whole job is to talk to founders and recruit founders. I was like, you are in the wrong profession, kind sir. But other than that, I like I really did find that there was a big difference in networking for me um, and for my peers as well compared to somewhere like Big Sound. The first few days was definitely more... Um, tech than it was music. The music festival start, um, didn't really start until Wednesday, but when it did, it sort of became apparent that all of these panels and the shows were actually more for the, the audiences and for other industries. And then there was a lot of exclusive parties that you had to get into to really actually access the people in the industry that um, were doing the work within the industry. So a lot of Sydney people, which was fine. I think I was, I felt really validated personally and had a bit of a, you know, oh my God, okay, maybe I'm here in my career, fantastic. Um, when, when I was sort of like put in rooms with people or invited to certain parties because I knew certain people, which was 
you know, a bit of a, a goal for me, actually. Um, not for, for South by, actually, but for Big Sound. And I definitely hit that last um, th this year. But to hit that in South by was really rewarding. And it felt like, okay, I'm going in the right direction, which was fantastic. While there was a feeling at Big Sound where you could walk into a room and basically know everyone, well, not know everyone, know somebody <laughs> at South by, it just felt like you're walking into a room and you knew no one. The music industry is not humongous it's not small but um the australian music industry is quite connected i should say and to feel like you're walking into a room and not really know anyone is a bit of a refreshing experience for myself and some peers that have been in the music industry for a little while for me i took it as a great challenge and was like great there's more people i get to know um and there was more opportunities in my mind to connect my startup release so that i'm working on to new people um, but in the same breath, like that is a lot of networking and that is a lot of having to put yourself forward, have the right answers, present yourself nicely, not be too drunk, all of that sort of thing, not be too tired. I think that was my biggest thing. A lot of people were like, oh, hey, how are you going? And I'm like, I'm tired. How are you? So I think like that was a really eye-opening thing for me on the whole as well from the music industry it didn't really feel like it tapped into where the music industry is currently going like it it, it went into sort of like looking at the music industry for the next in the next five years and beyond but it wasn't looking between now and five years the first few days of the tech stuff was all within the icc which is the international convention center which is all incredibly isolated in one location which was fantastic you didn't have to go anywhere you were lining up in basically the same location but when the music industry stuff came in you were having to walk 30 40 minutes sometimes to the next panel which was just not feasible um but what i was able to get to was one really impactful panel um that triple j on earth did about the survey that they recently did industry-wide about the economics and the basically got a temperature check of the music industry from musicians and music industry professionals. But it was really eye-opening and they had a really great discussion. They opened up the like the floor to people asking questions. The, the discussion really started questioning some things and really brought some amazing things to light that really actually need to be said more. I think, as I said, during the Big Sound feedback podcast um that there wasn't enough people talking about the financial situation in the music industry and how dire it is and i think the triple j unearthed panel really actually started to address that and i think it was kate duncan who is the head of the push she did a really great job at being an advocate for the fact that this is getting pretty dire and something needs to happen otherwise we're not going to have a music industry to work with soon and I think that was incredibly refreshing. And I made a point of going up to them afterwards and saying, thank you so much for actually saying something because that's what needed to be at the forefront. These sorts of conversations need to be at the forefront more so than ever to help find solutions because it's just not working. In all the disjointedness and the isolation of the, the conference was a bit of a con to the experience. Also, with this said, um, it was incredibly expensive to go. If you got a music panel, a music badge, I should say, you were spending probably around $1,200 if you got it relatively early. 
Um, if you're looking at a platinum badge, you're almost looking at $2,000. I was thankful I was able to leverage the podcast um, to get a platinum badge and do media for them, hence why you've been able to get a few behind-the-scenes um, exclusives, which will be on our Instagram for you to see further into. But it was incredibly expensive. And with it being backed up right after Big Sound, I think most people won't be able to justify it. And it really will block a lot of people out of going, basically. I think for me, I was only really able to justify it because of the music industry and the tech industry that I'm currently in. Um, otherwise, if it was just the music industry, I don't know if I could have justified the expense of flying up, the accommodation, the uh, the badge even, just for the value that you were given at this given time. I think realistically, to give them credit, it is going to take a few years um, and it's going to, I know a lot of the industry was just like, we're not going this year. We'll see how it goes. But it'd be really fascinating to see what that looks like in a few years and whether it really does become a value if you just want to go for the music or just for the tech. And I think the last part I want to make about the cons or like the lows of the, of South by Southwest Sydney is some of the high pressure experiences that I had or felt or I placed myself into around tech. I asked a few people who are also startups at a very similar stage and they felt a very similar way where you're being put into these rooms with people that you knew investors were and you knew there were a few people that were mentors and they were really just brutally honest. Love a bit of brutal honesty when I'm in the mindset. But I had a few experiences with people where I had them give me feedback on the way that I pitched my startup to them. It was basically wrong place, wrong time. They also really just did not get the full picture of what I was trying to get um, or say to them. And it just was really frustrating for me. And it felt very much like a high pressure situation because I was literally standing next to the people that literally just offered to fund my next investment round, which is coming up, which is very exciting. I, like I wanted to make a good impression and you sort of felt like you had to say the right thing, which was very uh, nerve wracking. But as a pro uh, to South by Southwest, that was like a beautiful experience. I got to be next to the people that I know uh, looking to invest in Releaser and get to know them a bit better and have further insight as to what they truly are going to be like as investors because I do want my investors to have an opinion or um, be passionate about Releaser as well as much, well, maybe not as much as I am, but <laughs> um, are sort of into it and also investors that are also in music industry. So I did have an amazing um, meeting with somebody who is looking to invest in Releaser, who is in the music industry and is very prominent in the music industry. And that was hugely validating for me and a very big personal aha moment. So I think like that in itself became a value or the reason for going to South By. Like if you're going to South By and you're spending two to $3,000 to attend, but you're getting... A 10 20 30 dollar investment offer from it from building connections it's obviously worthwhile but when you put it into a music industry landscape it is a little bit different because you're not about to just see that reward um, straight off the bat um, and a lot of these investments like big sound and south by southwest sydney or south by southwest you really don't see the value um, come back to you until two three four years down the track when you can actually utilize that contact that you've met 
or a tour finally actually gets set off. I think that is, you know, one of the beautiful pros and questionable cons to these sorts of events um, and what I did sort of enjoy of South By. Um, I also really enjoyed in South By some of the amazing positive um, innovations and steps that the music industry is going to be taking coming like moving forward. I attended a music tech panel where they talked about upcoming tech and considerations that's coming up around where different trends are going. And I really enjoyed some of that feedback and some of those thoughts. There was a really amazing panel also from um, Universal Music Group where they presented their fan lab, which was freaking fascinating and I would love it if they actually made it uh, accessible to the industry. Not sure if they will though because it's an amazing tool. Um, it basically takes all of the music um, analytics across an artist and will map certain things, um, certain aspects of an artist like find the closest artists that they're also that their fans are also listening to, which is great from a like tour um, support perspective, that sort of thing. But then also they were able to pull data from their fans and see now people are going to get a little bit like, whoa, what the hell? But like every app is doing this. We're actually just using like figuring out, out how to use it um, and leverage it with the music industry for the first time. But basically they're using the profiles of the fans that they've been able to connect to and all the data that gets um retrieved from these platforms about what their likes and distant likes and dislikes and all that sort of thing are and um basically identifying where the artist sits in the middle and what all their fans tend to also get interested in so whether it's book talk or they like watching the kardashians as well or they well this was like a female example it was um katie basser and um seeing her talk at a panel was fascinating and beautiful um but yeah there was a few different um interests that her fans had and they started to discuss how you can use that to then build connections with fans so if katie then chose to build a strategy where she starts doing tiktok series on book talk type things then it would be a natural integration to her current fans and building fan interest because she all of a sudden likes the things that they like, but also building into a new fan base that she knows will most likely naturally like her music as well. So really fascinating uh, new innovations, and I'm very excited about that. But it could be a really great innovation for the music industry and something very, very valuable for most um, musicians. So very much looking forward to that. Overall, as I said, um, for South by Southwest Sydney, I think it's currently worth it uh, to go if you're in the music industry and another industry like tech, gaming or screen. If you're just in the music industry though and you don't live in Sydney um, or even in Australia, I personally would be saying maybe just wait a bit or if you're really going to go go for like the whole seven days, even though there's no music industry stuff and try and sneak into some of the tech things because you can get into it with your with your badge, which is a whole other thing. And I think if you've just got the music, consider it. Consider whether that is really your value. And I think realistically from the price point, they really are actually just blocking a lot of people out of accessibility, which is 
potentially a huge issue. Um, and there's a whole thing to be said about that and a few other things that they hiccuped on. But I'm going to hold my tongue. It was their first year. They Everybody gets a chance to reiterate, innovate, pivot, um, and we'll see what next year is like. So if you went to South by Southwest Sydney, please reach out. I'd love to hear your perspective. And if you'd like to know some of the survival tips for South by Southwest Sydney that I built, or you'd like to know what I'm really actually just holding back on and maybe chose not to talk about in this episode, um, please reach out. I'd love to chat with you and help you weigh up whether you should go to South by Southwest Sydney next year. But personally, I think next year for where I believe Relisa will be and my, my management company will be, I think, and the podcast, of course, I think I'll be going back again, if only just for the free food, <laughs> which just before I finish off, wasn't actually as good as Big Sound. They really need to do their work and stepping it up or they need to have a separate app that literally just tracks where all the free food is because there was too much going on. <laughs> but with that said, and not being completely food orientated uh, for the rest of the evening, it was really great to share with you South by Southwest Sydney and I cannot wait to hear what you all think about your experiences at South by Southwest or whether you're going to go next year. Until next time, talk to you soon. Stay safe and keep innovating.